standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. And we are facing an unprecedented challenge from an extreme group that I don't believe embrace our values and principles. More on that later. Thank you for joining me. This is going to be a McKinney Monday. It is episode 384. Coming to you on the 27th of March. That's right. It is almost done with March. Where did the year go? Oh my gosh, we're almost done with the first quarter of the year. All right. Well, before I go any further, let me remind you that you can like, share, and subscribe this show to help me help you. And if you're feeling particularly happy, I know I only have two listeners and all, but you two guys there that haven't yet rated or reviewed my show, I need you to go do that job. Do it for me. Come on, man. Show some love. And the other thing you can do is you can join my group on Facebook. Yes, Fascist Book has not kicked me off yet. So show them a little love. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I try and keep it on the straight and narrow. I really do. But sometimes, sometimes you just can't. You can't, uh, you can't let this stuff go. <laughs> so I got to tell you, um, I've talked about this uh, more than once, I'm sure, the uh, McKinney School District has issues. That doesn't mean that the McKinney teachers are terrible. It doesn't mean that the district is terrible. It doesn't mean that all the administrators are terrible. It doesn't mean that the entire district is terrible. Yet, when you hear the opposition, the incumbents, tell their story, that is what they say they're being accused of. That is what they describe the accusations as being and and I'm, i feel sad about this because there is no honest discussion there there is no give and take there's no ability to accept that maybe things aren't perfect M- maybe there are things that should be looked at perhaps perhaps there is something going on here okay so for those of you that don't know what i was referencing uh the local newspaper if you will, or new zine, whatever, put out by Community Impact, the mayor, in an unprecedented move, purchased a full-paid ad. A full-paid ad. (laughs) And apparently, the opposition is well-funded. Well, who buys a full-page ad that's not even a candidate? Well, of course, (laughs) the mayor. (laughs) Now, for those of you that don't know, is he's about ready to term out. Yeah, he's got two years of political life left until he will be going on to the scrap heap of history if there is any peace in the world, <laughs> any justice, right? Of course, those rules may not apply because they may choose to revisit the charter of the city just so the awesomeness that is our mayor gets another term because apparently he hasn't been divisive enough or a problem enough. But hey, don't trust me. Don't believe a word I'm saying on this matter. All you have to do is go watch the school board meetings where he shows up, the city council board meetings where he's challenged, or if you're feeling particularly interested in some things, go and watch some of his comments that he does at different public gatherings, which I will tell you, the man poses as a Republican. He is not. Tried to, uh, I don't want to say this, convince the chairman of the county party that he is a good Republican. He is not. And the county chairman wasn't buying it either. Uh, 
Apparently, he had a well-known fundraiser. I'm going to just guess, just guess, uh, maybe one of Carl Rove's friends, you know, and that that worked out so well for us, Carl. (laughs) You know, if you keep putting terrible Republicans in office, the few good Republicans that we managed to get in office in opposition to the terrible Republicans can't really get very much done. But when you run milquetoast moderates, because that's what you have to run in order to win, I mean, at least if you have some solid Republicans and there's some good conservatives, they can, you know, pull that Overton window over a little bit. They can, they can maybe address some of the concerns that we have, but otherwise you just get more of the same. And when I talk about more of the same, let's just recap what's gone on in the last year. They said, oh, I'm sorry. It's probably a year and a half now. They said they didn't have any of the pornographic books, the, the sexually inappropriate literature if you will, in the school libraries. Now, whether you approve or disapprove of the method used to find such books, the fact of the matter is they did find them. So they lied to us there. The school district lied to us. The outgoing uh, superintendent lied and the board president lied. And pretty much everybody on the board went along with this because they didn't want to be embarrassed. Now, look, I understand There are a lot of pagans out there and they have no problem with the stuff that was in the books. And I got to be honest with you, that is not something that keeps me up at night. But the fact that one, you dismiss the people that say it's happening two, you tell them that it's not happening. And three, you make their process in order to challenge and or prove out that these books are bad, uh, (laughs) labyrinth to be uh, nice, right? Cause you, you change the rules midstream so that you can claim that the other side isn't following the simple rules that we had in place. When in fact you had no intention of ever changing anything. Likewise, you wasted 18 months worth of time where you could have just said, okay, fine. We're going to open the doors. We're going to investigate. Oh, Hey, yeah, we found these books. There's some problems here. Um, there's three or four different solutions here, which would have been acceptable to the vast majority of the people, but they didn't choose to act on that because they're all in lockstep. Now, it's pretty sad when our school board has the equivalent of Joe Biden, the the equivalent of Nancy Pelosi, uh, the equivalent of Dianne Feinstein, and oh, probably John Fetterman at this point, who knows, uh, all on the same board here. And of course, we've got a Mitt Romney in there. And then we've got one guy, one guy that asks questions and challenges. What, what's going on here? Not, not to be difficult, but just, I don't know, to be heard. And unfortunately, that doesn't get anything done because the way it works is you have to be seconded. You have to have a second person on the board to get anything done. And if you get a third one, then you can actually question how they're spending the money. And while we're on the subject of spending the money, They refuse to look into (laughs) the bidding process. They refuse to look into how some of these um, contracts were laid out. Now, they may be completely on the up and up. They may be. I I don't know. That's not my thing. That's not my ballywick, if you will. But I think it's a fair question. And if somebody brings it to your attention and you blow them off and tell them they're crazy, you know, that's, that's something else. Now, I won't suggest that I agree with everything that has been said on both sides of this issue. I won't suggest that uh, 
anyone involved in this is pure as driven snow. But I will tell you that it's pretty sad that when you get a full page ad, that's nothing more than a bunch of projection and exaggerations put upon people that have legitimate questions and those questions being not answered and pushed back upon drove these people to run against the incumbents. Now, whether you think the incumbents are better or worse, the problem is the incumbents don't listen. They don't care. Now, here's here's where the fun part comes. It may indeed be that they managed to win. But for those of you that don't know, you don't even need a majority to win. So there is at least one race where there's three people running. That's a whole nother story, which I've covered in previous episodes. That person could ostensibly be reelected with as little as 33% plus one. Now I ask you, do you think that's adequate representation? Do you think that's appropriate representation? Or is that maybe, maybe a minority of people that is dictating policy to the rest of the majority? So which is it? Is it a small minority of people that reject what's going on here or have legitimate questions that are not being addressed? that would like to be heard, or is it perhaps what the accusation is? (laughs) And when you want to talk about an agenda, pure and simple, hmm, not sure, not sure I'm buying that. Talking about being fooled, uh, at this point, do I need to remind you that our fair mayor uh, has some very deep business interests in the city of McKinney, some of which some would call conflict of interest. Now, I don't fault somebody for being invested in their city. I don't fault for somebody for taking a gamble and doing different things to improve the city. But when you're doing that while at the reins of government and dictating policy with taxpayer money, that's kind of a problem for me. So if just so happens that this conflict of interest is there and nobody seems to care, nobody pays attention. So I wonder... What's in it for George? Why are you so vested in getting these three people reelected? I suspect for no other reason than you don't want anybody to question anything that goes on in the city. Now, I don't personally have anything against these three individuals that are the incumbents. I don't dislike them personally. I don't know them personally. From what I tell, uh, at least one of them gets violent when you... Uh, push back against her. And the other one is a bit tyrannical. And the other one, when she's awake, hasn't had anything useful to add since the 1990s. All I'm suggesting is we thank them for their service and retire them. And here's the best part about this. You you elect three new people. And if you don't think they're doing a good job, you replace them. We've been doing the same thing for so long that nobody knows how to do anything different. Yeah, we've got a B-rated district. Now, is some of that because of COVID? Yeah, maybe. Is some of it because of other issues? Yeah, maybe. But you know what? We don't know. And if you think that B-rating is somehow a great benchmark, keep in mind that the rating system was adjusted to accommodate for the problems that they saw during COVID. Now, for those of you following along, our school district did do away with the mask mandate faster than some in no small part to the activism on several local people. 
those same, you know, minority of, oh, what were they called? Extremists. They valued their children enough that they shouldn't be muzzled. They questioned the value of keeping the children at home. And here's the sad thing. As a Liberty Republican, I see the value of not sending your school, your kids to the school district. I see the value of not locking them in a room to be programmed. Now, you can say legitimately, there's probably not any curriculum out there that's labeled CRT. For those of you that don't know, that stands for critical race theory, which is a derivative of critical theory, which is straight out of Marxism. Some have characterized CRT as race Marxism. No, you're absolutely right. As far as I know, there is no one specific curriculum that is labeled that. However, it has been infused into the majority of different curriculum. It's called praxis. And for those of you that don't know, I did go back to school at one point, about at this point, 15 years ago, to become a teacher and get certified. So I took those courses. I I know what's at play here. I know how you do these things. And while some things have maybe changed, the premise is still the same. The goal of our government schools are to put out good little worker bees, to put people out that don't question or challenge anything, that follow directions, that are obedient. They're just smart enough to function in society, but not smart enough to think for themselves. And if you doubt me, Why do you think they push everybody to go to college? Why do you think that everybody magically graduates? I mean, even if you took a simple bell curve, I'm going to guess a third of those students. Now let's, let's be generous. Let's say a quarter of those students probably are about their limit at the high school level. Now that's not to say they're stupid. That's not to say that they're any less of a human or less important. That's just to say that their educational prowess in book learning and what's done in the high school level is about where, how far they're going to go. Yet every kid is being pushed to go to college. Like somehow that's magically going to do something for them. I don't think it will. Now let's just say maybe the percentage is eight or 10% of those students realistically can't graduate for whatever reason. So how is it that we have a 98% graduation rate? Is somebody playing with the numbers? I mean, I don't remember that being the graduation rate when I was a student, but you know what? What's at play here is there's money involved. The more students that you have in seats, the more money you get. The more students that you have enrolled, the more money you get. The more students that you, quote, graduate, the more money you get. The the percentages have to be met. And this is all criteria from the state and probably dictated by TASB to some way, shape, or form, which I'm not exactly a fan of either. But let's not pretend, let's be honest with each other, that there are issues, Now, again, I don't have any specific knowledge for two reasons. One, I'm not involved with the McKinney Independent School District. I don't work for them. I don't contract for them. And quite frankly, I don't visit the schools. Why? Because I don't have any children there and I don't have any grandchildren there. And quite frankly, it's a little creepy if you don't have a child or grandchild that is either in the school district or formerly in the school district. Now, maybe one of those... uh, representatives on the school board at this point is at great grandchildren in the school district. Okay, whatever. But at this point in time, 
I would say anybody that lives in the city that is in the McKinney School District and is getting taxed has a legitimate right to ask questions, should be concerned about what's going on. And while you can say nothing's been found in McKinney yet, well, sure, because if you don't investigate, you never find anything. I mean, do you think that McKinney is better, worse, or about the same of what you would find in Frisco ISD? I mean, realistically, there's more schools in Frisco ISD. There's more students in Frisco ISD. But as a percentage, do you think we have more, less, or the approximately same amount of issues? I think it's a safe bet that it's about the same. Now, if you drift over to Prosper, which is a smaller school district and apparently has a higher percentage of people that have more money, would you say that it's a problem that you have a sexual predator driving buses there? Would you say it's a problem that the president of the school board mm, had a thing for people that were not his wife? Would you say it's a problem that none of this gets investigated and then when it is investigated, it's hidden and then magically the investigation paperwork and proof gets lost? Would you say that's a problem? Now, if you drift over to, what is it? Uh, Lovejoy, right? They had their own perverts there. Okay. So I'm sorry if you want to live in a pangloss world, right? It's the best of all possible worlds. Please go ahead and do so. But if you want to live in the real world, you need to understand and know how matter how great you think your school district is, no matter how great you think your city is, there's going to be problems. Now, what are all those problems? Don't know. Are you willing to investigate them is question number one. And question number two is, what are you going to do during your investigation to make sure that you get the truth? And then question number three is, what are you going to do about it once you have the truth? But unfortunately, our school district has not been willing to investigate anything. Oh, except for one of their board members who allegedly was electioneering. And they hired a company that had ties to other members of the school board and other people that were, oh, let's say, had a view that wanted to be heard, right? A little conflict of interest there. I'm just going to say it. There was a little conflict of interest in that investigation. And they magically found a way to find justification to punish Mr. Green. Now, I'm sorry, looking from the outside, looking in, it kind of looked like a little bit of a railroad there. But I'm just curious. If having a pamphlet on a table that I as a candidate did not put there doesn't list me as a candidate because I'm not even running this cycle, but has a link to a website that then links to something else. How is that electioneering for me? Meanwhile, somebody else on the school board, you know, they formerly had a building named after them, but now they have a parking lot. And by the way, the same parking lot that the school board meets at named after them, but that's not electioneering. There's nothing to see here, folks. And then, of course, there's the whole issue of the nonpartisan partisan parent-teacher association conglomerate, right? Now, I understand on paper they're nonpartisan. I do. I get it. And, and people are always partisan. And the fact that they pretend they're nonpartisan or non-divisive when they clearly are is hilarious to me. I've never claimed to be nonpartisan. I often say I will try to be as objective as I can be. But I wear my opinions on my sleeve and I'm upfront and honest with what I think about things. And when you listen to me, whether it's live in person, when I'm uh, moderating something or, you know, discussing something with somebody or even listening on my podcast, you know where I'm coming from. 
And I try and relate something that I've seen, heard, or been involved with as objectively as possible. And then I'll give you what my thoughts are on it. And I'm pretty good about separating those out. Because that's the way you're supposed to do things. But when you hide behind your office, when you hide behind a position that you have uh, so you can dismiss and disregard anybody's concerns or complaints, you're not doing anybody any favors. And when, when the person that is honestly, if, if I think of the city McKinney and I were to list out the top five people that are most divisive, he would make that list. Now in fairness, my buddy Kyle would also be on that list, but he's honest about it. He's upfront about it. And he'll tell you flat out, I'm worried about the children. I'm worried about my grandchildren. I need to be involved to get this stuff taken care of. And if we were honest and they addressed those issues and they did their jobs, that would be the end of it. But they force a guy who quite frankly likes politics and is not afraid to get his hands a little dirty. They're forcing him to keep showing up and getting involved on this very same issue. And if I wanted to list out some of those other people, I'm not even going to use their names. You know why? Because I don't want to give them any credibility. But I will tell you in that top five, The very man that bought the full page ad would be in there. Now, I understand as a political office holder, you're going to be divisive by nature. But what I don't understand is you're running your mouth about how everybody else is divisive and you're not. You're running your mouth how everybody else is a problem or an extremist, but you're not. This is the very same guy that showed up to a rally of unity. Oh, you weren't there, but it happened at Collin College back in the summer of 2020. You know, that summer love thing that we had going on. He showed up there and tried to usurp the rally for his own purposes. Now, fortunately, one of the pastors that was up there kindly removed him from the microphone because he was looking like a jackwad, to put it nicely. And we moved on. And I got to tell you, I think the mass majority of people forgot about this. But this is a guy that (laughs) really was out of place. And if you want to talk about something else that was not helpful, that was divisive, this is the very same guy that stirred up people and encouraged people that don't even live in the city of McKinney to come here, protest and create trouble because of a statue that's been there for, I don't know, a hundred years that quite frankly, nobody even really thought about or cared about until it was made a flashpoint. What's interesting to me is the former city council member, right? Whom our mayor endorsed and helped get elected promptly threw him under the bus when they diverged. Now, granted, he did cross the line on a number of things. He, he kind of overstepped would be a fair way to put it. And he kind of need to go away, but say what you want about Mr. Shemwell. He actually did advocate for his people or at least the people that he thought were his people. And he stood on principle, win, lose or draw. And I can appreciate that about a guy. And he forced some discussions that were uncomfortable. I don't fault him for that. Now I can wholeheartedly disagree with him and do it respectfully. Now I'm not saying I want the guy back and I'm not going to say that the guy that replaced him hasn't been doing a pretty decent job. And I've mentioned him several times before in the past. 
I'm not going to do that now because I don't want him lumped in with this. I'm sure that quite frankly, he agrees and he, he supports the incumbents. I'm fairly sure certain of that, but I'm not going to put words in his mouth. And you know what? He's got his own race to run and he's got his own role to fulfill. It's only when you decide that not only should you be running the school, I'm sorry, not only should you be running the city, you should be running the school board, <laughs> that that raises a few eyebrows. <laughs> I mean, I didn't vote for the guy to become Lord and dictator. One well, actual fact, I voted for his opponent both times. And, you know, for the first term, eh, wasn't terrible. Wasn't, wasn't a good thing. I mean, the last year was kind of a mess, but that's not all on him, right? I mean, <clears throat> he wants us to foot the bill for an airport. And, oh, by the way, don't question anything that's going over in the school district. You need to just go ahead and keep doing the same thing because, you know, that's been working out so well for us. And, you know, occasionally I, I come here and I break the rules of decorum because those rules don't apply to me. And, and just because, uh, you know, I'm special, you should do what I tell you to do. I mean, come on. That's not a very hmm, productive way to do anything. <clears throat> so I just wonder, could this be a flex, right? <sighs> I'm the mayor. I'm going to get these people across the finish line because I'm so awesome. Okay, so what happens when you lose, if you lose? Or could it be the twilight of the political career is weighing heavily upon him and he wants to remain relevant? And how better can I remain relevant than to, oh, I don't know, put my whole hand on the scales here to try and make sure that my people win in the school district? Now, you know what? It may be enough. It may be enough. They may win. So not only will all the things that are, let's say, less than exciting going on in the city of McKinney be the responsibility of one man, the same thing can be said of the school district. Now, here's the thing. Unlike members of many school districts around here, unlike apparently my lovely mayor, I actually believe that there are enough of us out there that are questioning the narrative. There are enough people out there that don't even necessarily agree with me that aren't necessarily on my side, but can look at it objectively and say, hey, I have questions here. I'm not really comfortable with this guys in the girls bathroom thing, which funnily enough was not on here. Maybe because that hasn't really been an issue here yet because they saw what happened in Frisco. Maybe, just maybe. Um, you know, I'm not really comfortable with books that describe somebody fantasizing about taking advantage of another person. I don't really think that's good. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the council members who's a pastor and ought to know better and, and at least one or two well-informed leftists point out that the Bible talks about these very same things. They talk about rape, murder, incest. You're absolutely right. They are mentioned in passing with no description and they're condemned. And no point is it a good thing. The difference is when God commands the Israelites to go and do certain things, you might look at yourself and say, well, why is he wanting to purge Canaan of these people? Why is he wiping them out? Well, one, they were evil people. Two, some of these people weren't really fully people, but that's another story altogether. And three, 
He's God. He makes the rules. He can do whatever he wants. I know that's difficult for you to understand if you're a pagan. I get it. I do. But pagans believe in their own morality. And I'm certain that pagans can find a way to justify murder or killing, if you prefer, which would be the more appropriate term. Murder is kind of a connotative that is one person striking down an innocent person without that person having the opportunity to defend themselves. Whereas killing somebody in battle is an entirely different story. And now I'm a little off topic. (laughs) So let's return to the primary topic. In McKinney, you have an opportunity to try something new, to diverge from what we've always done. Don't be afraid. Don't listen to the nonsense from the projector in chief. Vote your heart. If if you really think that things are just perfect the way they are, then of course, go and vote for the incumbents. But don't be surprised when they continue down the path of mediocrity. If you want to try something new, if you think that maybe you've been lied to, if you think maybe they're hiding something, well, you have only one choice but to vote for the people seeking to replace the incumbents. And I understand. I do. I get it. Maybe you're uncomfortable with some of the things they've said or they've done. Okay, fine. I get it. But what makes you more uncomfortable? A group of people that say there's nothing to see here, that pretend there's nothing wrong, that don't listen to you and aren't interested in any other options, or a group of people that say, hey, we see there's issues here. We would like to address these issues here. We think we have some better ideas. Give us a chance. And it all comes down to McKinney families deserve better. Now, coincidentally enough, the idea that uh, you should save our schools, <laughs> uh, I'll address that in, later in the week. But uh, initially, I had planned on doing that today. But I mean, how, how could I not address this? Yeah. The teachers have earned better. What? The children deserve better. You're absolutely right. The families that pay for the schools and their children do deserve better. They deserve better than what they've currently got. And this is an opportunity for them to explore what those other opportunities are. And and let me, let me ask you, if I say that, I don't know, as many as 5% of the teachers are an issue and maybe need to be investigated or looked at or are a problem that are underperformers, does that mean the entirety of the other 95% is a problem? No. Does that mean I dislike any of those teachers? No. Does that mean that the entire school district is a problem? No. So why would you do this? Why, why would you dream this up? The culture war is real. You can choose to ignore it. You can pretend it's normal for perverts to want to read books in front of your children. You can pretend it's normal for six-year-olds to have access to material that is basically... uh sexually explicit. We'll just say that word. You you can say that's normal. You can say that you don't have a problem and you're good with your child. But but what if somebody's not? And this whole process where they have you opt out is all fine and dandy if you know what to opt out from. But they don't do that. They won't even explore the idea that you should opt in. They won't explore the idea that some of these things are problematic. So I'm just going to ask you, are you comfortable Are you comfortable 
with a, let's call it an illustrated version of Mein Kampf being available for middle schoolers. Hmm? Or I know, how about the Turner Diaries novel? Yeah, the, the Turner Diaries? Yeah. Um, how many of you would like that made available to middle school and elementary school students? Hmm? I, I think both, both should be available to high school students. Absolutely, 100%. Just like every one of these other books, I think the parents ought to be able to opt in if they're students 17, 18 years old. I have no issue with that. But the parents are making a decision for their children. I don't like the idea that the school district pays for it. I don't like the idea that we're trying to normalize this behavior. But if you're a parent and you want your child exposed to that stuff, that's your choice. I can say you're wrong. I can say that it's wrong that I have to pay for it. But I can at least wrap my head around that. But to pretend this stuff isn't in existence, to pretend this stuff isn't happening, and then to use the slack jaw answer, well, you can find it online or your friends will show You're right. You're right. And those are things you can control. You can control what your kid sees online. You can control what's in your house. So it seems only fair and logical that you would want to control what they have access to in a library that's supposed to be for children. And one last thing. I too am waiting for evidence. I too would like to see evidence of some of these things that have been said or accused. But when you're in a position to where you're an adult hanging around minors and you're trying to normalize them on sexual behaviors, how would I not consider that grooming? Just saying. Obviously, it's not everybody. Obviously, it's not everything. But nobody said that. Unless, of course, you're our lovely mayor and you can't tell the difference between A and B. Unless you think this is about the mayor, I've got some axe to grind with him. Nah, not really. I don't think about the guy at night. I don't think about the guy at day. Uh, I really couldn't be concerned more or less about what goes on in his mind or his life. But unfortunately, as the mayor, he has a certain amount of authority. He has a certain amount of panache. He has a certain amount of... um, um, Presence. That has to be countered. That has to be pushed back upon. I mean... We we actually platformed this guy a, a year or two ago at my church. For no good reason, mind you. Other than he can play a guitar. <laughs> I mean... And by that rationale... Well, we should have had Joe Biden come. Oh, wait. He doesn't play an instrument. Hmm. Oh, I know. Hunter, he pays a pipe. Oh, no. That's crack pipe. Never mind. I, I don't understand it. Why would you continue to pretend that this guy is anything more than what he is? He's a divisive, progressive, pretending to be a rhino Republican. Now, if you're in the city of McKinney, you might like that. And you might decide that his endorsement's enough. But if you're not, this should be a clarion call. These are the three bozos that we want to retire. And yeah, I said bozo. Maybe that wasn't fair. I shouldn't I shouldn't go into name calling. You're right. I'm sorry. Okay. These 
three people need to be retired. They should be thanked for their service and reminded that we don't need their services anymore. Now, maybe that's wishful thinking on my part. Maybe, maybe you'll get that 50 plus 1% or, or maybe with the massive one full page endorsement from the mayor that's so afraid of extremists will be enough to push them over the top at a higher percentage. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I can tell you that nothing's going to change if you're not willing to take a risk on a change. Yeah, McKinney's pretty good city. McKinney's a nice city. There's lots of great things. My wife and I enjoy going downtown. We like going over to Adriatica. We like visiting some of the mm, other stores and different things that are available in the city of McKinney. That doesn't mean it couldn't be better. It doesn't mean there aren't issues. It doesn't mean that crime hasn't skyrocketed out by Craig Ranch. It, it doesn't mean that we have to turn a blind eye to the shortcomings of the city. The same thing can be said about the school district. We have to be honest. We have to be willing to address these issues. We can't keep pretending that all is well. Please take your head out of the sand. Do your own investigation. Do your own research. If good enough's good enough, then I guess I know how you're going to vote. And I don't fault you for that. If you're happy with good enough, please proceed. But, but if you're curious, if you're interested, what could we do? What could we change? What could we improve? Then I implore you, pick one of the challengers, pick them all and vote for them. I, for one, would love to see an honest discussion and debate on the school board. And if you, if you think there's some value to that, you should do the same. And with that, this was According to Callus. Yep, that's right. It is episode 384 coming to you on March the 27th. And as I said, like, share, and subscribe this show. We're closing in on 110,000 downloads. <laughs> My two listeners and I have been very busy, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Uh, and uh, we'll be back with the SOS later on. And with that, I'll see you on the other side.